0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. As many of you know, Luke Jacobson was just here in the Gunnison Valley. He was our most recent guest for our Blister Speaker Series at Western Colorado University. And you can listen to that Blister Speaker Series conversation over on our Blister podcast channel. But while Luke was here, of course, we had to sit down in Blister HQ and nerd out about some very important gear details. And so in this conversation, Luke and I talk about and go through Moment's entire Commander Series. He and I get into why we still clearly need to do a better job of educating skiers. We talk about the Death Wish and the Death Wish Tour and how the Death Wish got its name. And we also get into the history of the Bibby and the Blister Pro. And perhaps most importantly, Luke and I talk about some upcoming changes that are going to be happening to the Blister Pro. And with that, let's get to my conversation with Luke Jacobson. Luke Jacobson, you're here in Mount Crested Butte at Elevation Hotel in
1: Blister Headquarters. We never thought the day would come. Here it is. I wanted to come here as soon as I saw it. It's a cool spot. I've never been to CB, so i stuck to be here. Well,
0: the next time you come through, we'll have to do some skiing here because you haven't skied here either. No. So Yeah. So we have some things to work on, but I'm happy that you came because this is an important conversation that we are going to be having today. Oh, yeah. This has been a little bit contentious between us at some points. I think we've managed to keep it civil. I think I've been quite civil, but we're going to talk about a few things today, including one of my favorite topics, ski weight. Yep. But maybe before we get to that, I want to get into a few things with regard to the 1920 Moment lineup. And so I'm personally kind of most interested to talk a little bit about the Commander 118, but why don't you kind of start by talking about the Commander 98, 108, 118 series? There have been a bit of changes to this current lineup. Tell us what's going on, just so we're clear.
1: Yeah, so there's, there's actually four, skis in the Commander lineup. There's the 98, the 108, the 118, the 124, which is like a super fringe quiver ski. Um, And that's like kind of a different story altogether, but you hit on the top three. Yeah, Uh, The 108 was the first ski in that collection. Um, And that was uh, the desire to build a better new Belafonte, which we had for a long time. And the Belafonte's little brother, which was the Tahoe. So those were in, in classic moment ski lineup collection stuff. That, those were like the directional chargers, if you will. And so um, one thing that we really wanted to deal with is, is um, you know, ski construction is somewhat similar and we wanted to diversify the, the feel of the line. And we started playing around with Tetanol and had a lot of success with that. Um, so when we, we set out to build the Belafonte, the, at the end years of that ski, there was like triple camber front rocker in that ski. And earlier it was just camber underfoot front rocker. And there was kind of people in, in two camps that, that liked one more than the other. Um, and so, you know, the one eight, I'm really happy with like the 1920 variation of the commander first, first year was still great. Um, when, it, when it was released last year, um, but there's always refinements, you know, trying to make stuff better. Um, so what we really honed in on for the 1920 collection is we defined, uh, added a little bit more camber to the ski, give it a little bit more suspension. We um, lowered the tail a little bit to um, change the feel on the exit of the turn, hold that turn a little bit stronger, um, not as loose of a tail, like you can get that on a tail rocker ski that we make, you know, somewhere else. And then we wanted to uh, bring the tip rocker up a little higher, uh, pronounce the, the tip curvature a little bit more because that ski is a crud buster. It's, it's made to go through variable snow. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy with where that ski is at now. And so those are the, the big changes that, that happened to the ski from a visual standpoint. Next ski you wanna talk about in the lineup, your choice. So the 98 is really cool. Um, we've had the Tahoe, the Tahoe used to be really popular for us because when we first started, like fat skis weren't a thing and like 96 underfoot was like huge, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, we didn't want to go that skinny again. So we made it 98. And then we realized that we were doing this thing with eights in the collection. And it kind of is a nice waist width jump. Um, so, uh, you know, we got 98, one hundred eight, one eighteen, but, uh, the 98 is a Tahoe take on this is what we think you guys ski on the East Coast. <laughs> so we don't really ski on the East Coast that much at all. Um, and they love narrow carving skis. There's kind of been a resurgence of some of those narrow, skinny carver skis from certain brands, and, and that's cool. Um, the the 98 Commander, like, absolutely rails. Like, I love skiing that in the spring at Squaw. Um, there's some guys on uh, – different forums and stuff that like are kind of like older guys that like love bashing gates and stuff like that and love these like Solomon Titan. I don't know what the heck they're called, but that's what they usually do slalom on. And they they like put like a super aggressive edge tune on their Commander 108 or 98s. And they're like, oh my God, this is the best ski ever. And they love it. So um it's a really good spring ski. It's a really great groomer ski. Uh it is definitely wide enough for people on the East Coast um to really use as an everyday. Um But definitely, probably, the not the most popular variation of size for most people don't come to us for super narrow skis. But it's still really cool to expand that because um, it's fun. Like we've been skiing super fat skis for a long time, and it's really cool to go back and be like, oh yeah, this is what a narrow ski is like. Um, And then there's the 118, which is uh, you know when the Commander series came out, and then we you know, have guys like Tyler Curl in the factory who like love the governor, love the M1, love these super stiff charging skis. You know, he's like, oh man, I want a governor with Teton all in it now. Like, cause he's loving the commanders when we're prototyping it and everything like that. And I was like, well, like honestly, like a governor and a commander 118, if we just scaled it up, which we didn't do, there's some different tweaks to it, but, um, that's a, that's a governor. Like it's really close. And, as much fun as it is to have like all these different slight tweaks and variations in the lineup, it like really just doesn't make sense. Um, So what we did is we made a lot of variations of that 118 and sent Tyler out with them to test that ski. Um, Some with one sheet of metal in it, some with two, it's like, do we really need all this metal in such a big ski? There's so much wood in there. It's already stiff. Um, You know, like what feels really good as far as suspension and not getting like you want, like, if you get backseat off a cliff, you want that ski to, like, kind of pop you up and be there for you. Um, but you also don't want it to kick your ass when you get in the backseat in, like, those gnarly situations. Um, so there's a lot of revision on that ski, but that is essentially the Commander 118s, the, the new governor. It's tougher than it was before, you know. Um, it's, it's more durable. Than it was before. Is that what you mean? Not necessarily durable. I think it's when more say, durable. It's it's just- it's When you just, say it's tougher. It's it's damper. It's more stout. Then like, again, sorry, than the
0: governor? Yeah, then, the governor. Okay. Yeah, the governor. So this is always something, right? Like I maintain, people can still go read my review of the governor. I was like, this is not- and I, I do not say this trying to sound cool or anything. I just didn't think it was that burly of a ski. There's lots of skis out there that I think are burly. Yeah. That in a 186, I was like, you know, there was a good bit of tip taper on it. And yeah. I, I just never felt like I don't like skis that it's like are super punishing when you get backseat. Like that's not my yeah. favorite ski. And I never, I mean, I know that, I guess we talked about this, this feels like a hundred years ago actually to me, yeah. but that never felt, That burly, at least in a 186.
1: Yeah, the the 186 was, but I mean that's the thing. Like we wanted to make, I mean, it's all it's all relative. Yeah, it's relative. You know, like we like when when I say that the governor's burly, I don't think it's the most burly ski ever made. It was like definitely very burly for what the rest of the line was in the moment collection. And it also was you know, like when we made a Burley ski, like we have moment employees and moment athletes have always been um, free ride competition athletes. Yeah. And as the evolution of the tour and has, has evolved, you know, like these guys are throwing tricks. Yeah. So they need a ski that's stout, but is still nimble. Yeah. And so there's a balance. So like, I don't want to make like this huge old legend pro XXL, like, no, like that ski is way more burly than the governor yeah, for sure. But for the application, like, okay, we want a balance of a charger, but you can still throw around a little bit. And that, and that those two, things that we're trying to balance for a governor type ski are a lot different than when we made like a playful charger, like a Bibby, Yeah, you know, like that's a different playful charger. Yeah, You know, we're looking for a a charger that's playful in the governor or the commander 118 category, um, for not your everyday skier, for the guys that are going super fast and they're going super big. And usually it's in really crappy conditions. Mm -hmm. So, so I am kind of curious to see if that
0: I haven't skied the commander 118 and I'm just curious to see how similar or different that thing really feels to me like the old governor.
1: Yeah. Um, it's not supposed to be the old governor, it's but not it's supposed, supposed to be, to be sp- like, I mean, but that's the, that's the hole it's filling. Yeah. And, and we think it's a better one. You know, we don't want to put something out just to replace it and say that it's new. Yeah. You know, so that's why we honestly sent Tyler out with, I don't know, at least Five different variations of that ski, for sure. Like last year, like, and uh, I think we got it pretty dialed. Talk about the Commander one hundred and twenty four. One hundred and twenty four is, it's in the same camber rocker mold, and it just fits in the Commander series for that. But we have this classic ski, the Kami, that um, Greg <laughs> Harms, who runs Third Edge Heli is the biggest advocate for. Um, Greg is amazing. A badass skier. um, Takes all of his clients, like, to the most awesome locations, and everyone loves him. And um, he loves putting people on the commie. And that thing is 160 in the shovel, 136 underfoot, and 145 in the tail. Like, the thing is huge. Yeah. Like, it's like an ankle breaker. Like, but honestly, like, it's for back in the day, like, it was a really cool powder ski for, like, a lot of people because um, it was so big and all that. And so Greg had, has finally came to the realization that maybe the Kami isn't the best for South America, he's also, he does yeah. his, his stuff in South America and in Alaska. And so he's like, let's make a new Kami. And I was like, hey, man, well, we have this new Commander series, and I, I really like the where the camber rocker lines are in the ski. And I think when we talked about this, like a lot on the phones, he's telling me about what he likes, but what, he, I mean, this dude, he's super strong, like six, six, badass skier. Like what he wants is not what his clients need, you know? So he's telling me about his clients and like how they're either succeeding or struggling on the commie and, and how he doesn't like certain other skis that they're bringing up. So I was like, okay, perfect. We're going to send you some prototypes. And so Uh, him and his buddy, uh, Andrew Cater were really psyched on this project and we started sending them different variations of what we thought that they wanted. Um, and we sent them a bunch of different flex profiles and side cuts and things like that. And what we ended up with is it's a, it's a baby commie, even though it's an incredibly different ski, but it's the commander One Twenty Four. So that ski has no metal in it. You don't need that. These guys are skiing great conditions. Um, but you know, like. Um, when they're in locations where it's not huge open AK faces where they're coming lower down on the mountain where the train is more variable when they're getting in the tight trees, it just makes the ski a lot more nimble and playful. Like we like in the 190 plus length in the commie that we still make or the um Commander 124, that, that 190 plus length, 193, like that is not a resort ski anywhere. Like the 86 is the way that you want to go, you know on that ski, um, it's it's a lot, but it's super fun to make those kind of like directional front rocker fat skis again, because that's what we used to be on. And so it was really fun testing that ski last year because I've just been on the Wildcat all the time, you know, so it's cool to mix it up. Mm-hmm. Definitely, a, definitely a skier type out there that really enjoys that type of ski.
0: So I guess, I mean, you said it's kind of, I think you just described it as the 124 as kind of a mini commie. Is that the closest comparison to other skis that Moments made?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's it's not not a night train. No, it's not a night train. It's a directional powder ski. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a fatter Jagshark, Jaguar shark that we used to make for sure. That's more similar, you know, because it has a bit more of a traditional mount point. It has a little bit of a tail rise, not really tail rocker. Yeah. It has a longer front rocker and it has camber underfoot, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's, it's so funny because so many people out there, they're like, oh, well, this ski has tail rocker. I don't ski backwards. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. most people don't. People ski. are still saying that all the time, Interesting. all the time. It's like, it just in powder, man, you can, it just makes such a smoother, loose turn. It's a more surfy and more fun and, and adds to the buoyancy and the flotation of the ski. And that's what you have to explain to a lot of people. But there are the guys that don't want to make that kind of softer bouncing powder turn. They mm-hmm. want to just like, I'm in the race course. I want a directional ski that I can lean super far forward on. Commander
0: 124. Mm -hmm. Man, we still got a lot of work to do, I think, in terms of just educating people. You know? Yeah. Um, It's like, yeah, we just need to keep doing a better job. And I mean, honestly, like from our point of view, I don't know if it's as simple as reposting articles that we wrote eight years ago that are explaining the exact same thing. But like, it still matters to me. Like, let's get people clearer on this stuff and you will go have a better time on the mountain. Totally. Like, it's just truly, that's the only thing that matters in terms of the end result on all this ski design stuff is like, are you having a good, like a better time or a worse time on all these products that are out there for you? And like, we still got our work to do. Oh yeah, and I just I just got this email from a new blister member. She's amazing, seventy four year old woman, and passionate skier, and was talking about how she was really struggling. Uh, She went heli skiing like last year, and I'm like, can you be my grandma? Like, you're the coolest seventy four year old woman I've ever heard of, and some heli operation sent her out on a 96 underfoot ski. And this poor woman who loves skiing was like, boy, it was really frustrating. I was like falling down every second or third turn. She thinks in this long email, very nice email she sent, she thinks this is her fault. And I'm like, you're being put on equipment that is making this what should have probably been from the sound of it because if if that's that ski was clearly just getting stuck in the snow yeah it's like you had a really frustrating day where you thought you were bad at skiing and it's like if someone was just like you really want to be on a much wider ski today it would have been like one of the best days of her life yeah this is what we're still doing all the time to poor people trying to ski
1: yeah i think the the better question is is why does a heli up own a 96 underfoot ski I don't know. In 2018, and, and here, 19. Here's,
0: I've been thinking about this. And this is what I think the answer is. Sometimes, and in this case, an older person maybe is pushing back and is like, I don't need to ski that wide. Yep. I'm not a pro skier. I don't need to ski that wide. And so the heli operator maybe is like, well, we'll just concede. Totally. And put you on. And I'm like, that's not helpful. And so when I wrote my response to this person, I said, "Listen, I'm going to tell you something and you might not like the sound of it, and you need to trust me on this." And I was like, "We're going to find you the right ski, and this thing is going to be at least 108 millimeters wide and yeah. maybe 116, right? And because this is someone is five feet tall, 115 pounds. Yeah. And I'm just like, we are not we are kind of failing people whether it's the heli operation or whether it's the shop, we're just like not helping people that are just like, listen, I just would love to go enjoy
1: this activity. Can you help me out? And we're like, nope. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one other thing to talk about just other than them with on that subject is like, you know, if they're five feet tall, 115 pounds, like 108 underfoot, it's like probably enough for that size of human. Right. But another thing is, is like at 74, Like, let's admit it. You don't have the strength and the energy that you had when you were younger. Yeah. And so to take a more traditionally mounted ski in, even if it's that wide, is like a bad idea. You want to put them like farther forward on the ski, a ski that's designed for that. Yeah. Because now they can start the turn at the front of the ski where you need to do it. You're not going to get in the back seat. Like you just, you can be so much more balanced on the whole platform, you know, have a little tail rocker, have that, uh, Flotation aid and and aid of turn initiation of preflex that rocker gives you, and so you know a wider platform for sure. It's heli skiing, and then a modern mount point uh, for someone who doesn't have as much energy as they used to is going to have have a better time. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: yeah. Interesting. Anyway, still work yeah, to do.
1: Totally. Death wish. Yep. Let's talk
0: about the death wish. Couple
1: tweaks there as well. Totally. So the death wish. It's hard to say it's either that or the Bibby slash Wildcat are the one and two. They're really close, like best-selling skis of all time for the Moment brand. Um, the Death Wish really has not been changed since we, we first built it. And we always went to go put little tweaks on it, and it was like really difficult to, to, to make a change to it uh, just because we really loved what that ski did. Um, we finally, after all these years realized that like on the older variations, the tip and tail were a little too soft. So especially like we ski in Tahoe, like when it's like spring conditions and you get like these wet, hot moguls that are kind of crud, right? That ski can, can flex just a little too much up there. And, um, also it was a little bit inspired by um, the development of the Wildcat 108 that came out this year or kind of special release end of last year, if you want to be mm-hmm. specific about it, um, that we use ash instead of pine as a hardwood stringer in that ski. And so what that did, it was a really, it's a really simple tweak on the Death Wish, but there's just two stringers in each ski that, that go tip to tail and also help uh, hold your binding screws in. We switched those from the pine to the ash and it stiffened up the tips and tails just enough, add a little bit more dampness and weight to the ski. And, um, you know, unintentionally that ski did get a little lighter over the years since (laughs) which we'll talk about, uh, because of the evolution of the semi cap into our construction process. So just a little tweak there. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, like our, our main sales guy Fossa, he, the reason he works for us and, um, is because he bought a death wish when he used to work at a different ski shop and it was his favorite ski. And it was really challenging to get him to like want to change death wish. Cause he, he loves it. And we, we put that ash in there and it was just like, it was one of the easiest changes we've made to a ski. It's really simple, but I think it's a nice little upgrade. Um, I don't think some people are worried that it's like too burly now and this and that, like if you like the old one, you'll like the new one. It's a nice little update for everyone.
0: Talk about the 184 versus the 190. Um, you know, sometimes we have companies doing a thing where, um, in that longer length, they'll kind of sometimes call it an athlete build or something like yeah. that. Does the volume get dialed up on the 190? Or would you say that it is, no, it's just like it is a longer 184. You know what I mean? Like, th- is this a big bump or is this the kind of typical bump one might get when
1: you're jumping from a 184 to a 190? We don't build the 190 like really any different uh-huh. than the 184. It's not like it has a thicker core profile. It has different material. There's nothing special about it. But a lot of people are concerned about like a 184 to 190 jump. We have that jump a lot in a lot of models in our yeah. lineup. Some people are like, I wish you made a 188 yeah. This much difference, yeah. like take out a tape measure. It's nothing, yeah. you know? And it's like, dude, the ski has tip and tail rocker. Like yeah. it skis shorter. Um, So people are so funny about their, what, what length they want to be on. But as far, and like, I don't know why, but between a 184 and a 190 Death Wish, the 190 does ski bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, but we don't build it beefier yeah. in that regard. It definitely does. Um, and, Cause
0: that's, you've been saying for a while now, yeah. like you're like, dude, get on the 190 death wish.
1: Yeah. Cause you guys haven't reviewed a death wish in a long time. Yeah. And when you did, it was the 84. Yep. And when we first prototyped it, um, uh, Casey Hawkinson was still at moment and he's a little bit shorter than I am. So That's when really- we used to have to, uh, when we used to prototype skis and Casey and I were usually the first guys on the skis, cause we just wanted to make sure it wasn't absolute complete garbage before we sent it to an athlete, right? If it was a totally new design. Um, we would always build su- stuff in like the 182, 184 range. But uh, uh, Casey's not with the company anymore, but my right-hand man is Max Smith. And uh, I pointed to the left while I did that, which was weird. But anyway, <laughs> he's my right-hand man. In is spirit. Max Smith in ne- spirit. Next time, Max. But he would be sitting here yeah. if he could come. But he's running the show back in, in Reno right now. Um, Max, is, Max is about the same height as I am. So now when we prototype stuff, it's all 190, 188, mm-hmm. 190. So that makes it easy. But like... The 184 is fun. It's like, I would ski it a lot. I used Mm -hmm. to, I did like the first year of the Death Wish, I skied the 184, but Mm -hmm. every year, like I'm always like testing new skis and have demo bindings on stuff. But usually what I always do at the beginning of every year is put like a fresh pair of pivots on a pair of Death Wish 190s. And and that's like always what I have in the back of the pickup truck.
0: Hmm. If people are like, I'm thinking about getting a Death Wish or this other ski is there like the two skis that are the common, like, should I go this way or should I get a death wish?
1: Yeah, yeah, What's the it, mo- it's the most annoying question in the world. And it is the, the main reason why we did not make a Wildcat 108 forever because like 108, 112 underfoot, they come in all the same lengths. Like, and it's, uh, I'm really glad we have Fossa who like is our sales guy now. He's just like incredibly good at like, um talking about skis and how they feel and everything like that is amazing. Just like to, to all different skier abilities and types. But, um, you know, like the, the Death Wish and Wildcat 108 have pretty similar core construction, but the, and the Wildcat 108 is going to be a little bit more nimble, just based off of width alone. And the, Um, even though the Death Wish is 112, we do feel like it skis more like a 108 and it really locks you in with the triple camber. Um, So what we like to say, and, and there are just some of those people that are scared to try triple camber, but they're like, Oh, it's a gimmick. It's gimmick. It's this and that. It's like, dude, we're skiers first. We wouldn't be putting this on our skis for like close to a decade now, if it was a gimmick, you know? So we, we really believe in, believe in it and really like it on, on certain models. It's not always necessary, but, uh, there are skis where it works really well. So what we like to say is like, if you don't have a powder ski, if you don't have a quiver, like, and you need to do it all ski, which doesn't exist, but the closest thing to that, get a death wish for sure. If you have a powder ski and you want that all mountain charger, if you have like a, if you want a little bit more loose, playful style, then you get the wildcat weight. So, um, it's definitely been cool to see. It's it's definitely a question that we have to answer like multiple times a day, every day. Um, we have like our live chat on our website and, and and you can talk to me or you can talk to Foster or any of the other guys at the factory if you have questions on the skis. We don't have canned responses except for that question. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, and, and so pretty much when people are like, look, I really want to get something. I can't make up my mind. I've stayed up four nights in a row, going back and forth, reading reviews, looking at specs. You basically just come down to, if you need the one ski quiver, go Death Wish. Quish. If you, if this is going to slot in with another wider POW ski, go Wildcat 108. That's your answer. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Wildcat, AKA Blister Pro. Yep. So a funny thing happened. We did a we did a new Blister Pro graphic. I don't think the skis just showed up and then I put them on a scale. I think you actually gave me some heads up. Do you recall how this went down? I think I maybe told you. Okay, because I know you're like super anal about weight. Um, I just I just like having fun skiing. That's my yeah. only thing. Yeah. yeah, the Wildcat got lighter. It did. Yeah. And then I may have lost it a bit, but we're still, you know, we're still here. We're still friends. We're still friends. Um, Talk to me about, like, let's just document this. I mean, there's been stuff said, we've reported a bit, blah, blah, blah. Let's just go through this, right? I think anyone still listening to this conversation at this point probably is curious about this at least, or like dying to know what's going to be said. Let's walk it through. Why did the Wildcat get lighter and how did it get lighter, right?
1: Yeah. So I think we should also benchmark two other things before going into this. Is like the ski is also was named the Bibby Yes. for a long time. The very first Bibby, certain people think they know what the very first Bibby was. Most people do not. Mm-hmm. That ski was a totally different ski. It only came in a one, 186. Mm-hmm. Camber underfoot rocker at the tip and tail. Or it was almost like flat underfoot. It was a totally different ski. Uh, the Bibby lineup has always been 70, 174, 184, 190. There were two years, and this is why like the Blister Pro came around is because yeah. we made the Bibby more specific, um, our power specific, and uh, those got like longer. So there was like a 192, and it mm-hmm. got a little wider underfoot. But like pretty much like the Bibby that most people talk about, the Blister Pro, all have the same camber and side cut and core profile and all that. But over the years and the revision of the manufacturing process, the skis did get lighter. It was never our intention to do that. So um, there was like the pow variation of the bibby. And then you were like, oh, man, I love the other skis so much better. And you like wouldn't sh- shut up about it. Yeah. So that's when the first Blister Pro came out. And so that was you're back. Wel- you're welcome. Yeah. And now it's like back to that same design almost except for weight, which we're talking about now. So that was back be- when we only made uh, flat-top construction skis. Mm-hmm. So it's still a, a sandwich laminate, and, um, but at the, on the top sheet, the top sheet doesn't curl over the sides at all. And that's fine. I mean, that's how race skis are made, and uh, it's still a, a great construction. It's not bad. But as the brand grows and more people get on the product, you get people that are not used to wide skis. And um, what ends up happening is they take a metal sharpened edge and whack it against a piece of plastic, and the top sheet tends to chip and peel away. And the top sheet that we're using on that ski and we were using at that time was an ESO Sport product, which is on like probably 95% of the skis in this room. Um, it's a good top sheet, the epoxy, the bond, everything's fine. It's just like, we call them rookie marks on like old flat top skis like that. It's like, you don't, you're skiing with your feet together is all that happened. Um, but anyways, it's like at the same time, like if people are skiing like that and you pay 750 bucks for a pair of skis and you see them on the rack at the ski resort, you know, like a year later and they look beat up, like that's not cool. Cause like skis are an investment. We know they're expensive and you know, you want your stuff looking good out there like on the ski racks and on the chairlift and everything like that you don't want like chips and stuff like that um and and this uh, sharp metal edge is always going to win against plastic so um really as far as like the aesthetic durability of a ski we have implemented the semi-cap construction into essentially every single moment build um and sometimes people freak out when they hear the term semi-cap right
0: So you want to talk about that for just
1: a second? So there are, I mean, there's like semi-cap, there's like, I don't know, Atomic and Armada call it like AR 50-50 sidewall. And then there's like mini-cap and there's all this other stuff. Um, So in semi-cap, in in the moment world, we are still using, it's still a full sidewall ski. So that uh, provides a lot of dampness and suspension and protects the wood core inside the ski. Um, And you will hear a lot of people talk about a full cap ski when there's no plastic sidewall, no UHMW or Ptex on the sidewall being there. Um, They'll just run the fiberglass over. And that's what like a really cheap foam core ski will use. And you can save a lot of weight. And that's where like a lot of the weight change comes from, which I'll kind of explain. And so certain brands will like, put a full cap on the tip and tail of their ski and just run like a little sidewall underfoot because like that's where like, you know, most of your edge is in a turn um, where you need that edge hold. Um, So there's different ways to skin a cap when you do that, but really we still run a full sidewall throughout every single one of our skis. And all we do is um, the sidewall just isn't as tall as the core essentially. And so we have this special 3D tooling that we, called, they're called cassettes that we lay up our skis in before they go into the mold. And that applies, um, it it pushes the fiberglass and the top sheet down around the core and attaches it to the sidewall. Um, and so when we have these like chipping issues on top sheets and things like that, when the ski edge comes and hits the other ski, it can't get underneath the lip of the top sheet or the fiberglass layers. So you can still like take a little chunk out of it, but your skis just like look really nice. For a long time, which is cool, um, and it also adds like just like a, from an aesthetics point, like a nice three dimension to skis, and and that's what you see on most modern skis today. Um, some of the smaller guys don't don't do that. U.S. manufacturers, some of the stuff that's coming, you know, race skis are still not that way. Um, in the race world, they think that you can get a little bit of better edge hold out of a full stack sidewall, and they don't want to do that. They're not also not worried about cosmetics or pure performance, right? Um, and if they mess up the ski, they're just going to get a brand new one. So that's a totally different conversation. Um, so in making this semi cap manufacturing change, we had to change the way that the core and the sidewall seem together because that radius needs to happen at a certain point. So it can flow right into the sidewall. So it looks good. Um, and so what happens is, is that the core actually goes over the edge teeth. This is like really nerdy. So I hope everyone likes this. Gear 30. Oh uh, Yeah, gear 30. But the core comes over the edge and then the sidewall comes comes out here. So it's like when you're stacking bricks and you you overlap on seams. So it actually created a much stronger and better performing ski with better edge hold. But because now the core is wider than it used to be, there's less sidewall. And that UHMW is, is pretty heavy. Um, it's also not as tall. So we're losing volume in X and Y axis there. Um, arguably that edge and everything that's flexing there is, is a lot stronger, but the weight isn't there. So that's not where, where you lose, you don't have a ski that says damn, you know? Um, and that's, that's really where the change comes from is like, there's just not as much UHMW in the new skis. And, when we did that, we were trying to just make a better ski. We were, not we never set out to make a lighter ski. I mean, that's why we have our whole tour collection. Um, but you know, as you've been hounding me about weight over all these years and things like that. Um, and we do have a really light tour collection. It, it makes total sense to like, okay, Hey, we made this change here one move at a time. Okay. Maybe that weight is a way to go. So right, right now, as we've kind of talked about like i think we can talk about now we're working on making the the Blister Pro what is this, 4.0 5.0 we've got the
0: the new top sheet dialed so this would be fifth year fourth top sheet
1: yeah but yeah we're and then so working that into the Blister Pro and it, it, i'm sure it's going to make sense cuz we're going to do it right and that's probably going to be what the um 2021 wildcat will be
0: yeah so let's talk about how we're getting weight back in. This is very exciting news, by the way, everyone. And you're welcome, everyone here. I'm not going to sell
1: another Wildcat all winter. This is probably a really dumb thing to say. No. <laughs>
0: here's here's my take. Here's my take on this. And I've, I've said as much um, on the site. For years, right, I, I started calling the and, – and in particular, I, I spent the most time on a 190. Bibby first, and then I spend the most time on the 190 Blister Pro, whatever – so I was calling this a playful charger. We would sometimes, a lot of people agreed with me and love that ski, obviously. Um, some people got on the 190 and were like, what are you talking about? There's nothing playful about this ski at all. It's just a charger, right? Yeah. And so what I wrote, because I was mad about this lightening up stuff, but what I said, I think is correct. And a couple of things here. I said that the current 190 now is definitely a bit more accessible. Mm -hmm. It's opened up to some people who, and there's a ton of people, we talked to a ton of people for years who are on the fence about the 184 versus the 190, right? Yeah. I think that by going lighter, the 190 is more accessible. And I would also argue that it is as good and possibly better as a dedicated POW ski that's what I'm going to say about the current iteration. Yeah. Now, Sam Shaheen and Luke Kappa love the current 184, right? Yeah. Um this lightened up version. And that honestly, we had a big conversation like are we still putting the Blister name on this ski? Yeah. And I frankly, it's like this isn't just my ski it never was. I mean, it was my favorite ski. Yeah. But Luke and Sam love the 184 so much like love it, then I'm like, yeah, I mean, they are a big part of this whole entity too. We'll kind of just keep calling it that. And you're welcome, people who always felt like the 190 had previously just been like, that's just too much ski. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's kind of the backstory on that. But I think that what what we gave up by lightening up is that it just wasn't the kind of exceptional Ski in variable conditions, like that, I'd always loved it. It just felt like it did go get to become a bit more of a POW ski than it had been. So, anyway, that's a bit of the backstory here. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. So, yeah. So, here we are talking about this, talking about making it heavier. And what you've been thinking through is like, so how do we add weight back into this ski and do that in a way? And and like the shape is staying the same. The shape is still just unbelievable, right? I still am just a huge yeah. advocate for that tip shape, for that tail shape um, and the like. But how do we then add weight back into this thing in a way that frankly, I think it's the only thing I really care about then. How do you keep the suspension? That was always like the thing that I think I would say I loved the most about that ski.
1: Yeah, so that's the tricky part about it is because you just can't to add weight. Yeah, you can make the core thicker, yeah. but now it's going to get stiffer. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's cause and reaction to all this. And I do definitely want to make the skis to the durability and quality standard of the new semi-cap design like and the stronger and, stack and th- point and everything.
0: And that's the drum that you have just kept banging when we do this back and forth. You're like yeah. this is you're like this is a better ski. This is a more durable. Construction-wise, yeah. it is, yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, from what it used to be, for sure. Like, it's just built better now. Like, we've learned a lot. We, as a bigger ski company, we have access to better materials. We have access and knowledge to build better jigs and tooling and machines that can assemble this stuff with our hands and, and everything. But, and yeah. then what
0: I would always say when you would tell me this, I'd say, I don't care. Yeah, you don't care. And then you'd go back to being like, this is a better ski. And I'm like, I don't care.
1: I mean, can we make it the same way? Yeah, but like, I can. I I know exactly how we made that ski. Like, do I want to make it the same way? It's like, not really. It's like what Jay-Z says. It's like, like my old shit, buy my old album. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just like, come on. Like, if we're going to do it, like, I want to do it with like all the other elements in the ski that are there, that 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 are definitely like better and positives and still bring, I think we can potentially even make a better feel out of the ski because of the way that all the laminates come together, it's stronger, it's better. We put that more damp, more suspension feel into the ski that you you really like. And that a lot of the skiers really liked. Um, But it's not just like, oh, just do this. Yeah. And
0: and I'm on board with that. So I'm, I'm, I'm in on this project of like, that would be very messed up. Like if I were you, Hearing that, like, I'd want to be doing kind of best practices as well. So I'm on board with that. And so now it's just the question of like, cool, best practices when it comes to construction, we are going to make this heavier. But then what are we doing in terms of it's, it's the dialing in? How do we get there? Is it using
1: different core materials, et cetera? Is it just yeah, and that's crumpling
0: the, up some you know newspaper and sticking, shoving that in there to get see, to our weight? And that's
1: just, we just can't do that. We just can't like put a little notch in the core and put a piece of lead in there. And it's like, see, it's the exact number that you weighed. Like there's, yes, there's weight, but it's like what materials made up that weight? Because we can just put a heavier core in it, but that core, depending on, you know, if we use ash or maple or whatever, those materials have much different characteristics than the UHMWPE. So yes, the weight may be the same, but like the frequencies on how those materials flex and vibrate is is very different. And so it's not just weight. Like you liked it because it was heavier, and because a lot of that weight came from the sidewall. Mm-hmm. So it's there's a couple things going on. So yeah, it's weight, but you know you, we got to think about where that weight came from. So what do you got? to be continued we're gonna have to figure that out i don't have an answer today and that's what's super fun about making our own skis Mm -hmm. you know and and that's what we play with as skiers all the time is we get to go into the factory and try new things because it's like hey we need to do this thing better how we do it now Mm -hmm. but we want to make it feel like you know this this old-time great feeling that we had like how do we get both and um you fail a lot or we do Mm -hmm. when we try things you know and that's that's the funnest part you know is just like trying all these new weird shapes and and just small evolutions. And, and sometimes it's frustrating because it takes so much time because you just can't go into the factory and change three things. Because if it works, great, but it's like what one of those three things made the change. So we have to be very, like, scientific about it, you know, like very engineering process, yeah. like one change at a time. And it really sucks when you just, like, keep on failing and failing um, because it's like, let's just change a bunch of stuff. Like, I just want this to be done. Mm-hmm. And we think about that. And we've done that before, but it never works out because then after you fix it with, with five changes in one ski, then you have to go make those five variations and figure out what happened. Or if any two of those two things are working together. Um, so it is a process, but that's, that's the fun of making skis.
0: So- when what are you thinking about for a release? Because I mean, technically, we could drop the new top sheet on the current iteration, ASAP. Right?
1: Yeah, we could. There are definitely people out there, like we like to have a lot of fun with our graphics. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, if you want a boring graphic, there's tons of those out there. Like, oh, I thought uh, you're gonna call uh, make my... fun of your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Like if you want a ski that is one solid color with a brand name on it, there's like five companies that do that. Yeah. Like you can go do that. Like, cool. You like yellow, you know, like <laughs> that's fine. Um, But, you know, we work with a lot of cool artists. Skis are a really weird canvas to work with. They're yeah. like tall and skinny and stuff. Yeah. And we like to pull inspiration from a lot of other places. And the thing is, is like whatever ski graphic we put out, there are people that absolutely love it. Yeah. And there are people that hate yeah. it. You're not going to win them all even with a bright yellow ski. You know what I mean? There's people that are going to hate that. So um, what's really cool on especially our popular skis is we can go and we can release different graphics on skis. You know, some, some brands model themselves after making a couple skis and just putting tons of different graphics on it to kind of uh, make all the consumers happy because uh, there are those customers out there that just buy skis on graphics as well, which is kind of funny. But uh, yeah, so we could release it or we could test the ski. And I could send you some prototypes and you could be like, yes, this is what I have. Cause you still have the original blisters. Yep. And that's what you fell in love with. And there's a lot of people that really like that variation of the ski. So I think instead of just slapping a different graphic on the ski, I think it'd be better to wait. To, to wait okay. and weigh it, but also flex it and ski it.
0: Cause I'm actually open. I'm actually open to this one. So like I said, Luke and Sam love the current. Yeah. I think. I can right now, I mean, it's probably already living on the website, but like I could right now, because this is what we do, right? It's not like this one's bad for everybody. This one's good for everybody. It's never that simple. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you like that lighter, especially when it comes to the 190, there are definitely going to be people who would be better off with the current lighter 190 than what we're about to do to it. Yeah and those people should get the 190 right now. Yeah. Right? And then on the 184, I think for for lighter skiers who are especially if you're tricking that or just enjoy lighter skis, get the 184 right now. Yeah. I don't really think by the way that like the say the heavier 184, I don't think that many people are going to have this big like oh, I way preferred the slightly lighter 184. I think the 190 is where you're going to get into two different camps where, like, I can see a lot of people saying, like, give me that lighter weight 190. So to me, I don't actually really care. Um, And we got enough going on that, like, I'm think i happy just saying, like, if you want to hold off on that until we put some time, that's fine if you want to get that out. Because I know people have been bugging you and us about, like, where's the new Blister Pro graphic.
1: Yeah. So anyway... It's fun. It's cool. Okay. So either way, if we can do both. Maybe we'll like give people too many options. Like what size do you want? What do you want the lighter one? Do you want the heavier one? We can see, we can you know, pull the audience. Pull the audience.
0: Okay. So there's that. Anything else on this note, especially when it comes, I guess, to the construction changes or
1: differences? It's really just that, that core to sidewall and step in there that has changed things like the core profile, the side cut, everything has always been the same, mm-hmm. you know, because we love that ski. So much. If it's not broke, don't fix it.
0: Um. Yeah, exactly, Luke.
1: We're making it better. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love Tyler. I want to go every time I talk to you, I want to have Tyler Curl in the room. He's just backup. He's like my hype man. He's got my back. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to team he up. He just wants you. to be liked. No, he just has good sense when it comes to ski design and ski weight. So yeah. thanks, Tyler. You keep... You keep being you. Tyler says, we need to talk about the Death Wish Tour.
1: That's key changed this year. It's brand new. We had um, the Death Wish last year was just rebranded as the Death Wish Tour because it was, prior to that, it was the Underworld because we used to have, God, we have too many names. And that's why we've cleaned <laughs> everything up because it used to be so confusing because we used to have fun with these names. And um, they were, like, in the same collection. So many times, but the little one and the fat one would mm-hmm. be, like, totally different names. So that's what we've changed. But anyways, it used to be the Underworld, and then it was the Death Wish Tour, and that was, like, a 106 underfoot lightweight Death Wish. Um, and actually, the Death Wish Tour now is the exact same ski as the Death Wish, just built with a lighter core, slightly different um, composite makeup, like a little bit more carbon, a little less glass. Um, so it, it implements some lighter practices in the build. Um, with the same side cut camber, everything, right? And then it has a little fishtail for the skin clip. Um, and that ski actually did exist for a long time, even before the Underworld. That's what like Casey Hawkinson had like always toured on because hmm. he loves the Death Wish too. So, um, and then there's people like Fossa. And like I said, it's like our best-selling ski. People love the Death Wish. And like, they're like, why are you making the Death Wish tour at 106? Yeah, And it was like, well, I don't know. Like kind of our idea is like, we still liked how it skied. But, like, people are, like, touring people are still, like, a couple years behind, like, the rest of the market. Like, they're, like, really f- afraid of, like, fully rockered tour skis. Like, are these going to work in the skin track? It's like, no, we made a tour ski that doesn't work in the skin track. We didn't test that. It's like, of course they work, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we test these things, and they're afraid of, like, really fat skis and all this other stuff. So we are trying to play more into the tradi- traditional game, which we shouldn't have done. Um now we just make it like our favorite ski, like our best-selling ski that everyone loves. And that's been like really cool. Um, that's what our touring collection is. It's three skis. It's the Wildcat Tour 108. It's the Death Wish Tour. And it's the Fat Cat, the Wildcat Tour, just like the, the Bibby, right? So um, instead of like trying to make like this lightweight thing and this, you know, totally different heavyweight resort ski, it's like most people are skiing the resort. They know what they want. They just want their ski lighter. So they can go get a couple more laps in, and that's what we do. Um, It makes it more efficient for manufacturing because a lot of the tooling is shared, so that's like a pro for us. And then like it also allows us like a lot more time to to dial in the flex of the tour ski. Because when we make our tour skis, we just don't like put this lighter build in, right? We want it to ski downhill very well. Like it's it would be very easy for us to make the lightest touring ski on the market, but that's not the goal. Like. We actually do keep quite a bit more weight in our touring skis um, than what we could, you know, design them like, just because like we do care about weight like you, but you just want more weight.
0: I care about a little more. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. care. I care a little more. You do. That's okay. You're a it's, better person than I am. Well, yeah. I mean, probably. Um, I, I don't have like full evidence of that, but I just assume it's probably true. Probably. Yeah. Anything else? New Wes Anderson movies?
1: There isn't. There is Island Dogs. Oh, that was good. It was, that was good. good. I actually, yeah, I watched that a couple months ago for the first time, like at like way late.
0: I I saw it in the theater.
1: Did you? Yeah. See, you're a better person. I than I am. am.
0: This is another point in my feather in my cap. I've always
1: had like this big Wes Anderson hype with the Moment brand and everything like that. And Like I was like cartoon. Nah. It was really good. It's really good.
0: The one film of his that I think is perfect is actually Grand Budapest Hotel.
1: Yeah. It's not my favorite. It's really good though. What's your favorite? Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Not my favorite.
0: It just like has my favorite scene of any Wes Anderson film. It
1: just has the, the so many amazing, hilarious, dry humor one-liners in the whole thing. Yeah, you know, it's just so good. Like Bill Murray just crushes. Crushes. In that, you know, and I I still like the the older stuff. Just like you like the older Blister, <laughs> like I, you know, uh. Yeah, just like I like, I, I still love all the older Wes Anderson films. Yeah, Wes Anderson films.
0: Rushmore used to be my favorite. Was for many years, but um, yeah, I think I think it's shifted to Royal
1: Tenenbaums. I can't. If- that one's really good. I didn't appreciate that one enough when it first came out.
0: That's how I was with
1: The Life Aquatic. Yeah,
0: yeah. So see, we can all learn and change and evolve and become better people. There's hope for you. Yeah, I know. We talked about uh, actually. What is it? Moment being evil? More evil?
1: Make moment evil Make again. Make
0: moment evil again?
1: Yeah, it's a thing. We used to have like... So Max Miller, who does most of our graphics, like we have a ski called the Death Wish, right? You do. We talked about that. Have we ever talked about why it's called the Death Wish?
0: I don't think that we've ever... Yeah, Actually, maybe we did and I've forgotten. So please refresh.
1: Okay, so... um, And this has to do with Wes Anderson as well. Um... <laughs> When Casey Hawkinson and I were developing triple camber, we didn't have the name triple camber yet. We didn't know if it would work. We were trying to put more life into tail rocker skis. It was the original goal that started the evolution, the design tweaks, and everything that led to triple camber. And so we had an early variation of the ski, and it was going to be. We knew the the cambers were going to be weird. Like that was starting to work in the prototype phase. And so Max Miller, he's always had like these, you know, we're talking about graphics, like these really like rock and roll metal cult graphics. And some other guys like Chris Everhart and stuff have have done stuff like that for us as well. And anyways, like Max had been working on this graphic that was just like pretty over the top. And I was like, you know what? We're going to make this really weird ski with what is now triple camber. Um, like it's probably not going to sell that well. Like it's not, it's going to be whatever, but like we want to make it cause it's cool. And we were out prototyping the ski. And what's really funny is, is that the ski code name, cause we didn't have a name for it yet. was called Ned. That's right. Yeah. The character from Life Aquatic. Yes. And like the first, like the CAD files, like the original CAD files are called Ned 184 the original mold that's in the factory says Ned <laughs> 184 <laughs> on it. It was like super dumb, but, um, we were out testing the ski. It was early season at Boreal in Tahoe. And also like a couple days before Max had showed us the graphic and he sent me the, the, the graphic and it was titled deathwish.psd, which is a Photoshop art file. And I'm like, Snoopy that's his nickname like we're not calling this ski the death wish dude that is like the worst idea ever and he's like but look at it so metal it's like whatever and we just re-released the graphic by the the original one because people love it and like we had so many like pretty hardcore graphics back then but anyways we're we're out skiing it at boreal this little mountain like they're blowing snow early season um and we kept on going faster and faster on the death wish because we were concerned about how the, yes. the multicambers would do at speed. Yeah. And um, cause like the first variation of this, like the micro cambers were huge. And when you started going, it felt like you were on like rollers. It was like really goofy and um, actually smoothed out with speed. But anyway, so we're bombing maybe, I don't know, less than 10 runs that day on this quick one little lift at Boreal. And there was this patch where all these snow guns were spraying right down on it. And what we would do is we would go fast and you just kind of like Ollie before, right? And gap this because the snow was like super sticky. It was like warm and Tahoe, like probably shouldn't have been blown snow. Um, and we'd hop over it and keep on skiing away because if you just hit it, you go forward, right? And so Casey is going faster than ever. And actually I'm in front of him because I hit this snow and I end up tomahawking. And I remember I'm sliding backwards, looking uphill like I was fine. And then I see Casey coming down and he doesn't try to like ollie and jump over this either. And his, he hits the soft snow and it was so wet and sticky that his feet just went out. And then he just rotated and his head hit and he didn't like tomahawk like I did. And we were wearing helmets and everything like that. And I kind of got the wind knocked out of me and I was laughing and I thought, you know, in retrospect, he didn't move. Like he just stopped and we were going fast. And, but like Casey's one of the toughest dudes I know as well. Like I've seen him get hurt and all this other stuff. And he's just like, okay, let's go. We'll go get stitches, whatever. No big deal. But I walk up there and I was like laughing. I thought it was funny. I I fell. I was okay. And I was like, dude, are you okay? And he's just like holding his head and he's like, call 911. And I was like, oh my God. Like, did he break his neck? Like this is like at Boreal first day of the year testing the ski is so bad. Like I've never heard like Casey really ask for help on anything. And so we ended up, you know, getting, getting ski patrol there. They brought him down. They put him in an ambulance. They brought him to Truckee for a second and they had to bring him down to like the neuro unit down in Reno. And he got X, X-rays was in a neck brace. He could move all fingers and toes. All limbs were moving. Like he was in an X-brace His bad. He broke it, but he, you know, did not become paralyzed or have any like really life altering issues, you know, just besides the recovery. But well, we were still in the Reno hospital. He's in the neck brace, he's like this, he's like on drugs and stuff like that. And right when we found out that he was gonna be okay, I was like, you know, Casey, gotta call that ski the death wish now, right? And he started laughing and it hurt so bad. (laughs) And like, that was just it. It was just like a funny conversation piece. And we're like, we're gonna call it the death wish. And we still didn't think that the ski was gonna be so successful. Yeah. And, you know, and it was really tragic as well. Like over the next couple of years in skiing, we lost so many good people to avalanches and things like that. We're not promoting death. We're not doing that. It was just kind of like a funny thing that happened. And, you know, the with, with Casey getting hurt and Max calling it that. And, you know, like the way I look at it is like sometimes like older people look at like the free ride skiing generation as like skiing down a hill and jumping off a huge cliff like what Tyler Curl does and doing a backflip or a three off of it. And they're like, oh, you know – you got a death wish, son. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's just like our skiing type. Like that free ride scene is like, and that kind of like mentality that outsiders looking in on, like they kind of think that we have a death wish because we're free ride skiers, Mm -hmm. right? People say that about race car drivers or lots of different sports, right? And so that's where it comes from. And it's kind of a funny, funny story. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of.
0: I like that the last line was, and kind of a funny story. It's kind of funny. Casey in a neck brace and...
1: Yeah, he's okay. He's
0: all right. He's fine. He's fine. I think we go out on that. Yeah. Well, hey, good having you here.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's Uh, rad.
0: Yeah. Um, And we've got some stuff to be working on and figuring out. And uh, yeah, we left a lot of teasers, I guess, in this episode. That's good. We'll see where we'll see how that gets all sorted out and how many frantic emails you receive or we receive. But a lot. A lot, probably. Yeah. So that's good. I like it when we get to wrap a good conversation and I think I made your life a little more difficult. So it's yeah. kinda like You always it, do. Nailed it yeah. twice. So anyway, um this is fun. Thank you. And uh come see us again when there's a bit more snow on the ground. For sure. Okay, man. That's it for this edition of Gear Thirty. Thanks to Luke Jacobson for the conversation. Thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. And if you are enjoying these episodes, we hope that you will tell your friends about the show and maybe even leave us a nice little rating or review in iTunes. We don't ask for much. And I mean, come on here. I'm getting weight put back in the blister pro, leaving us a little rating or review. Fair trade. No, come on. Anyway, please take good care out there and we will talk to you again next week.